welcome to Cavalier Central, bringing you everything you need to know about the wine and gold. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Cavalier Central. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Knuck If You Buck, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, The Wizards Hoops Analyst, At The Buzzer, and Lakers Fast Break. Plus, our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, Hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com slash team pricing to learn more. That's A. R-Y-S-E dot com. Hey everybody, welcome back. I'm your host, Justin Matcham, in here with me tonight, Dan Galinsky. I'm going to do so. What is up, guys? I'm going good, man. Going good on this fine night. You know, fortunately, the Cavs were able to pull out the win today, but can't complain too much. Not too much. You know, I mean, they, they beat the Hornets, the Warriors. This was kind of a weird game in, in general. It was. But, uh... Dan, how are we how are we feeling tonight after this? Um, I would say swell. Uh, not really going to complain too too much on that. Well, the Cavaliers did play really a, a well rounded game against the Hornets, uh, finishing one hundred three ninety. Got away from them late tonight. Ended up one nineteen one hundred one. Uh, was a little bit closer than that throughout. Obviously, the Cavaliers got off to a great start in this game. Finally, got their complete starting lineup of Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, Isaac Okoro, Kevin Love, and Jared Allen. Uh, like I said, you know, they, they got off to a great start, and uh, the wheels kind of fell off heading into that second quarter, and they just kind of never recovered from that. But uh, we'll, we'll kind of start with that Hornets game uh, again, where the Cavaliers, especially in the second half, really turned it on. Um, I, I think we got to start with Tarian Prince, who continues to just kind of light it up. Uh, had 25 points off the bench in 28 minutes against the Hornets. Uh, shot basically 70% from the field, went 6 of 8 from 3. Uh, continuing to shoot the ball well. We had kind of talked about how he was turning it on a little bit. Um, you know, Continuing to be aggressive. Tonight comes out, puts up 12 points on still very efficient shooting. Um, you know, Rebounding a little bit. Uh, got a few steals tonight as well. Um, I guess it, it just seems like... A flip kind of switch with Tarion. We were kind of talking about how, you know, obviously the injuries may have affected him. Uh, and I think they definitely did affect him for a while. Just coming off of the shoulder injury and the ankle injury, we obviously know that the ankle is still kind of a, la- a lingering, nagging problem. But it it seemed like it was affecting him for a little bit. Now, not so much. Um, what exactly do you think has changed, Amadou, just with 
Torian's performance, because like I said, it just seems like a switch has kind of been flipped with him, and he's yeah, all of a sudden um, just turned it on and playing the best basketball of the season for him. Yeah, I feel like a big part of the reason of why he's probably playing better is just playing alongside Isaiah Harnstein. You know, we talked about his passing abilities, just more ball movement than, you know, compared to the centers that we had, like McGee and such like that. He never, obviously, never got to play with um, uh, Andre Drummond because around that time he was set out. But just better ball movement. And um, I don't know. I guess you can also say that, you know, he's just in a hot streak now. You know, he's recovering, obviously, from an angle injury. I'm just starting to get more and more comfortable with that. And it's definitely been a sight to see. Yeah, I think part of it just has to do with his role, too. Obviously, him getting some consistent minutes here as of late has been good for him. Played 28 minutes against the Horn. It's only about... 19 and a half here against the Warriors, but, you know, still getting a good amount of run each night. I think just being allowed to come off the bench and playing against, you know, or playing with guys like Hartenstein, like Delvadova even, who can kind of take on that, that primary ball handling role, just kind of allow him to play his his natural game, which is really is just kind of create shots and score. Um, and he's been doing it from really all three levels. I'd, I'd like him to drive into the rim a little bit more than he has been, but when he's knocking down shots from from deep and you know kind of in that mid range area, you can't complain too much. He's finished on some floaters as well. Uh, what have you seen from Tarion Dan that has stood out to you as far as how he's been able to just kind of do a one eighty from some dreadful performances to what he's doing now? Well, I, I think there, uh, I think the presence of Kevin Love has probably helped um, it, to some degree kind of aided him in, in terms of getting more space. Um, uh, I, I think they're kind of getting him some uh, looks going into handoffs a little bit. I think that's kind of gotten him a little bit in rhythm uh, to kind of get to those um, kind of pullbacks in the mid-range um, when he initially gets downhill that he kind of likes, likes to go to. And then he can kind of go to counters off that to his sidesteps. Um, I think that's something that I've seen more of uh, from them in recent games. I think those are kind of rhythm kind of uh, looks for him that seem to go uh, generally kind of uh, get him in rhythm a little bit. And then they can kind of um, get him those kind of off catch things from there when um, defenses are hugging a little bit. And then he can kind of uh, we've seen a little bit of relocation in there as well. Um, and he has shown some ability to shoot off movement. So I think um, those sort of areas he, he's been able to get to more. Um, and that, or I guess, as you said, it seems like the ankle is bothering him less, although Fedor did say he probably will have ankle surgery in the offseason. But, um, yeah, I, I just think he's been able to uh, just get to his preferred spots on the floor Um just, frankly, more in rhythm. Cavaliers also got Jared Allen back for these last couple games. Uh, has come back and played as well as that we had hoped. Uh, 15 points, 8 rebounds against the Hornets. Came in tonight with 17 and 14. Uh, got a couple blocks tonight as well. Shooting the ball efficiently inside, you know, just finishing at a, at a high clip like we had hoped he would. Uh, even had that one little kind of free throw line elbow jumper too that was nice to see um overall i don't think he's really skipped a beat at all since since you know he went out with the concussion obviously it seems like you know that's not a problem at all for him anymore uh it's good to see him move past that i think we should pretty much expect him to see 
you know, th- this kind of workload every night moving forward, you know, playing 30 and a half minutes in his, in his game back, played about 35 tonight. Uh, how does the starting lineup change, Dan, when, when Jared Allen is in there compared to, you know, starting Kevin Love and Dean Wade as your bigs or starting Hartenstein? Well, I think with him, it's just there's, uh, I think, a better defensive rebounding element, um, by and large, um, is able to not, I mean, it's just generally speaking is there's kind of deter shots inside um, from the opponents, generally speaking. And uh, I think it just allows, um, I would say, Kevin Love to, get more mid post looks um, kind of enables him to get some more stuff off ball um, from Allen screens um, and just kind of his rolling gravity more. Um, I think it helps him in that way, but you also don't have like a driving element you might have with Wade um, or potentially Nance if he's in there at at times. Um, And and I think with Hartenstein, there's, there's more of a post up feel there. Um, than Allen, but it just there's some strengths. Um, I think mostly strengths, um, it, but not going to be like a pip, pick and pop um, presence in there either. Um, but I, I think it's obviously is good to have him in there, and it's it's nice to see um, as we see more run with Love and Allen, just kind of that inside out dynamic. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Um, again, just good to see him out there. I think having a, a real lob threat in that starting five as well is, is nice to see. Um, you know, gives gives Jerry someone to throw to. Uh, not a, not necessarily the case with either you know a Hardenstein or a Love or Dean. Although we did kind of see you know Dean and Darius make a couple connections in these last couple games. But um, overall, you know, a, a solid performance from Kevin uh, in the Charlotte game. He kind of struggled against the Warriors. Uh, again, got off to a, a solid start, um, but ended up shooting two for ten from the field, went one for seven from three. Uh, the one three that he did make was that kind of deep sidestep about four feet behind the line. I think the shot clock was expiring. Uh, ended with 5.6 rebounds on the night. Uh, just looked like someone who was tired from you know the second night of a back-to-back. Also um, zero free uh, throws. Yeah, zero free throws as well. Again, it just kind of... yeah. You could just kind of tell he was tired. Uh, Draymond Green is not the best matchup for him. It never has been, and it probably well, it never will be. Um, so that that was kind of problematic. Just not a, a great night from him. Uh, Amadou, just kind of looking at this game in general, what do you think went wrong? This this Golden State game, obviously getting out to a very very hot start. Uh, it seems like as, as, as soon as some subs started trickling in, things just kind of went south. Yep. Um, it just, I feel like it came down to our supporting cast versus their supporting cast. Um, obviously, you know, Sexton and Jared Allen did their things. Garland was good too, but didn't have an efficient night. Like you talked about, Kevin Love only had five points. Matthew Delvadova, he's not an offensive threat, really. Uh, Torian Prince also had a good game for us too. But for the for the Warriors, obviously, you know, Steph, you know, it seemed like we were able to limit him earlier, but he's, he's always going to get it going. Draymond Green had his typical game, but... You know, they got some some great minutes from guys like Andrew Wiggins, who always seems to, you know, play even better against the Cavaliers. Juan Toscano-Anderson seems to have, you know, just the, the best game of his career against us. Um, he played really well. They got, you know, some decent minutes from Jordan Poole and whatnot. But I feel like it's that. And it's also, it seems like, you know, whenever, you know, the Cavs were just able to pull it, 
you know, within, you know, four or five, it seems like, you know, the Warriors or something would happen. The Warriors were going to their own little run. I know at the end of the third quarter, um, when Garland had picked up his fourth foul and he was taken out replaced by Matthew Delvadova, I feel like that was a moment where, you know, the game started to slip for us. We got it down to four. Um, and then uh, I think Jared Allen had gotten an inbound, uh, tried to outlet it to Larry Nance that was picked off. I don't think Larry Nance was ready for that pass. Led to that one um, corner three. Um, another moment, I believe the Warriors went into a press or something like that. Um, had another turnover where uh, Stephen Curry hit a three. And then the next position, I believe he had another three um, when he had that crazy three over Delhi, where Delhi seemed to just, I don't know if you want to call it a flop or whatnot. But, yeah, just little things like that, you know, just really, you know, just, just hindered us. And it's, it's just things like that that can, especially for a young team, that can just, it, it just isn't the best situations for us. But. Well, what do we think that Delhi play was? Obviously, I think NBA TV ended up posting it later, uh, saying, you know, Steph Curry dropped him or whatever. Uh, do we think that that was a push-off, a flop, a combination of both, or was it just a pure ankle breaker? I think it was kind of... I think it was just a flop. I think it was think more it was of just a flop, a flop yeah. than anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it did, I mean, yeah. it didn't look good, but it was... Yeah, it was just Delhi backpedaling, I think, and then he kind of just tri- tripped over his own feet and and then just kind of tried to sell it to... Tried to sell it at that point. It, it, he, I, didn't, yeah. he didn't get touched, I don't think, at all. Um, I thought it was a little nudge, too. I don't think it was a little, nudge, a little nudge in there. Yeah, I mean, eh, a little nudge, but still. I, I don't it, know. I didn't think it was much. I think it was a flop, it wasn't honestly. Much. But, uh, yeah, the Warriors, I've just they just got good performances from some of their supporting cast. Uh, obviously, again... Andrew Riggins will never not play well against the Cavs uh, for as many terrible performances as he puts up during a season. Uh, they never come against Cleveland. He put up 23 points tonight, uh, six rebounds, six assists, efficient shooting night from him, five for eight from three for Andrew. Uh, obviously, Juan Toscano Anderson came off the bench and just went off eight and nine from the field, ended with 20.7 rebounds. Uh, kind of killed him down the stretch, you know, just hitting shot after shot after shot. And, you know, Damian Lee shot the ball well tonight. Jordan Poole had some moments. Um, Curry struggled out of the gate, uh, but he found it in the second half and kind of you know closed the door when the Cavaliers tried to get back in. Uh, just overall, compare that to our supporting cast of just not a whole lot going on. You know, Delhi struggling, Larry Torian Prince playing fine, but um, you know Darius Garland went through some of his struggles. And one guy I want to talk about now since he's come back is Larry Nance, who, understandably, but has looked very, very rough in these past couple games since he has come back. Obviously, we know that he had an undetermined illness where he lost approximately 20 pounds, uh, you know, just being sick. These were his first two games back from that illness. It's good to see him back out there, and I'm glad that he's okay. Uh, But he, he clearly doesn't have his legs under him yet, and I think he's just looked frustrated in these last couple games, too. Obviously, he's not shot the ball, you know, terribly well. He he made one three tonight. I made one shot last game against the Hornets. Um, but overall, I, I think you just you can see the frustration. Uh, I think he's forcing some passes too that just you know not making the best reads. Um, what do you think has been the biggest thing that has caused Larry to struggle the way he has, Dan? Is it just kind of again? not really getting up to speed. Do you think it is a problem with his weight? What do you think is the biggest issue with him right now? Oh, you can go first. You sound like you have an idea. Um, just for Larry Nance, I think probably one of the biggest issues is, yeah, I think it's the weight that, and probably some fatigue. Obviously when you lose, you know, over 20 pounds in a short span of time, you know, your body has to adjust to stuff like that. 
it seemed to me like he had like obviously like a I don't know exactly what what he had, but it's obviously messing with him um, just fatigue wise in a sport where fatigue is a big. I think that's obviously an issue. Um, it's going to take him a little bit of time of time to just get back to where he previously was. Um, yeah, it's just going to be slowly, 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 slowly just getting back to where he was at one point. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm just as a Cavs fan, I think you know everybody should just give him a little bit of time to just get back to that point. I, th- I think it'll be good. I think it'll be good. I think it'll be good too. And there's there's no better way to get back into shape than to play two NBA games in two nights. Uh, are you kind of along the same lines here, Dan? Is it's just kind of a fatigue thing and just kind of needing to get back into shape? Yeah, I, I'm definitely in agreement there. And I just think with him, it's he, he's a guy that also is not. He's not just gonna. I understand he's not necessarily just like a. Uh, not going to be like a primary playmaker, but he does need a, a guy that uh, does need the ball in his hands because um, he initiates things well um, when he's fully at his full capacity, if you will. And uh, him not having that uh, just seems to not have that juice that he typically has, uh, so to speak, and um, just looks a little bit uh, has looked a little bit out of sorts, I would say, um, just because he, he hasn't been making the same decisions um, in terms of quick snap decisions that he typically would make and um, has had some just kind of miscues here and there. Like, you typically wouldn't see much from him. But on the plus side, I think defensively he's looked pretty good. I think he had, I want to say, like four steals at the Hornets. Um, I, I thought his on-ball yes. defense was good. Um, and rotating tonight looked a, kind of like a step slow a little bit. Um, against the Warriors, but I think a lot of it was just the Cavs in general. Um, the Warriors, obviously, they were on second night of back-to-back, too, but um, I just think their pace, just from just from a team standpoint in general, um, Nance is kind of in that, too, just given the fatigue stuff, but I think their pace just eventually um, just kind of wore the Cavs down, it seems. Um, and eventually, I mean, Steph started one of, or 0 of 8, I think from deep, but you know, he's eventually going to get a roll in. And I thought Nance, that was just kind of, kind of just a byproduct of that in that way. Yeah. And we saw Larry with a little bit of activity and he did, I agree with you, did kind of just look a step, sto- a step slow in general tonight, but did come away with a couple steals tonight as well. Uh, you know, had one late and kind of a key moment where read, read the passing lane where Curry yeah. was going when the Cavaliers were still kind of trying to break back in. And that was, at the time, it seemed like it could have been an important play. Obviously, it didn't end up mattering much in the end. The Cavs just couldn't break through that kind of barrier. But I also want to talk about Colin Sexton tonight, who came back after missing a couple games. Uh, dropped 30. Uh, again, a good, efficient night for him. He got to the line a lot, shot 10 free throws, made seven of them. Uh, had a good night from three, took five threes. That's what you like to see. Uh, you know, Just did what Colin does. Uh, it was good to see him get back in there and just provide offense when this team needs it most. Uh, it's what he's been doing all year, and it's what he does again tonight. Um, the question I have for you, though, Amadou, because we were talking about kind of the, the struggles that this team had and how it kind of fell apart early when you know some subs came into the game and, and did not play as well as the starters. Uh, what do you think of the minutes for this team when – Darius Garland and Colin Sexton are out of the game because mm-hmm. it seems like that was when the real yeah, struggles I feel like came those tonight. Minutes are tough for the Cavs to try and find someone to fill that void just because, you know, 
Right now, our backup point guard is Matthew Delvadova, and it's just you're talking about a guy whose three point shot is at this point pretty much non existent, and he doesn't have the athleticism to make up for that at all. So it's just all about his fundamentals as a passer and such like that. The offense can get, you know, kind of timid. And then you talk about we've tried Broderick Thomas, but he's a young guy, so he's going to have some, 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 you know, nips and bounds in his game too. It's it's tough. So I feel like, you know, that that's that's a big reason as to why the Cavs struggle without Darius Garland and Colin Sexton. It's just that lack of a of a shot creating guard, I want to say that off the bench, to just, you know, step in and just, you know, hold those uh non sexton, non garland minutes. So just looking at non garland, non sexton minutes, I think the the tough thing is just not having a just a, a shot creating guard off the bench. You know, we've tried different guys. Um Broderick Thomas is just he's just a young guy at this point. He's gonna have his, you know, his his hips and stuff like that, I feel like that's going to be an issue. And for a guy like Matthew Delvado, who's our backup point guard now, you know, the jump shot is just non-existent for him at this point of his career. And he's, he was never a player that, you know, his game would have some athleticism or doesn't have a quick first step, none of that in his game. So it's really just all about his, his fundamentals as a passer and stuff like that. And in today's day and age, you know, if, if you're going to be a, a shot creating or just a back, a point guard in general, honestly, you have to have some shot creation ability. So I feel like if we can find a person with that, like a guy like Quinn Cook, I feel like for at least the now, the short term was, was a, was a decent option. So. Yeah, I, I do agree with you, Amadou, and having Matthew Delvadova in there is tough uh, from a shot creation standpoint. And that's obviously never been, you know, his role. I think that having a guy like Tarion off the bench can help just because, again, a guy who's able to create his own offense. Uh, and Delhi does a good job of creating for others, but the, the Cavaliers don't really have a guy right now off the bench who is excelling at doing both of those things for someone else. Uh, do you kind of think the same, Dane, as far as, this team just kind of struggles with those two off the floor being De- or uh, Colin and Darius. Yeah, it's it's clear in that way, um, just because there's just not that uh, pressure on ball, um, which can help just by default from a like drawing in defender standpoint, and um, it, at times there it is too reliant on kind of. Um, off-ball screening, things like that, and um, can kind of make possessions a little bit clunky at times. But, um, yeah, with Delhi, there's there's just – I think against teams like the Warriors, they're so um, – can just hit you so quick um, with their pace. And with when Delhi's in there, it can just kind of – force things to be manufactured a little bit more. Um, it, it can kind of snowball on you a little bit. And um, it's it just, when that's the case, you need guys that can kind of just at that position to kind of just go get you a bu- bucket or um, get to the free throw line. And that's not something that at this point he's, he's going to be able to do for you. But um, yeah, with uh, at least with Colin though, I, I will say tonight, um, he did look good from a, a shot creation standpoint, um, did get to line a lot, but admittedly it was a little bit of an adjustment um, back um, because I, he was, I, I'm not, a, I'm not honestly like a huge plus minus guy. It's such a subjective thing game to game. Um, but just with how the Warriors play, um, he was a, a minus 29. Minus 29. So yeah. <laughs> you do 
take that in that sense with a grain of salt. But in a lot of matchups, like the, they, the Cavs do need Sexton's um, shot creation. And um, again, if you don't have either of those guys on the floor it's against a team that can shoot it like they can, um, and also with all, all the easy looks they can create for themselves, um, it, it can kind of snowball on you, on you and um, they, they were able to smother the passing lanes a little bit when Delhi was in there. A couple more quick notes on this game. Uh, Jetty Osmond, well, on both of these games, Jetty Osmond played about 12 minutes in the uh, Hornets game, uh, ended up playing no minutes against the Warriors tonight. Again, you know, in and out of the rotation, was out completely tonight. Um did get a little bit of garbage time Fiondo Cavangeli in this game. Uh, again, didn't really do much when it's time there. Uh, same thing with Roger Thomas and Lamar Stevenson. I got a, a little bit of time. Uh, none of those guys saw minutes uh, in the Hornets game. So nice to at least see him on the floor if nothing else. But um, one last guy I want to get into in this game was Okoro, who you know did his thing on defense tonight against Curry, really. Uh, I thought, especially in that first half, just gave him a lot of problems. Stuck to him really, really well. Um, has has been, you know, again, what, he, what he's been on offense. There's still some of the same problems as far as, you know, driving without a plan sometimes, I feel like, and struggling to finish a little bit around the rim. Uh, didn't make a three tonight. Shot, I believe. What did he shoot from three in the last game? He shot 0 for 2 against the Hornets, 0 for 2 in this Warriors game. But uh, the defensive instincts continue to be there, and I think – Again, despite, you know, a, a pretty quiet stat line, had a fantastic game guarding Curry tonight, Amadou. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, I feel like he guarded Curry as good as, you know, anybody can get. Obviously, Curry, you know, did his thing towards the end of that game. But in that first quarter, in that first half in general, you know, just being able to stay, you know, with them, even with Curry's quickness and obviously his shot green ability, definitely a sight to see for a guy who's, what, 40, 45, 50 games into his, his NBA career. Would you agree with that, Dan, as far as just, you know, Okoro's overall impact on this game, despite, you know, kind of some some quiet box score nights? I think we've seen a, a really masterful defensive performance on Curry, especially in that first half. Again, just stuck to him fighting through screens, uh, especially with a guy like Curry who does so much movement off ball. I think, you know, Okoro throughout the game did a good job of, you know, making sure he never, you know, got too much space between him and Steph, and I think we saw even when when Okora was out of the game and Steph was in, uh, you know, those Delhi minutes didn't go too great. Obviously, Delhi got one stop near the end of the half. Um, but overall, I think it's pretty clear, you know, just how important Okoro is against, you know, these types of matchups where you have, you know, one of the bigger offensive forces in the game and uh, Okoro being able to not stop it, but minimize it to the best of his ability. Yeah, I, I thought he did a really nice job. Uh, obviously, you, you hit on all the points there. Um, we know what Steph can do both on and off the ball. Um, just uh, being able to stay down on the, the on the handle. Um, I, I don't I don't remember if he had his hand in the hook cookie jar at all tonight. Um, yeah, two, two personal fouls. I don't think either of those were in those kind of situations. I don't think that he, he did reach at all tonight. I don't think he got in any of those sticky foul calls like he gets sometimes. Yeah, I think that's just a sign of growth um, kind of as the season has progressed. I think other experiences with a guy against a guy like Jamal Murray, for example, um, and hopefully he 
has a speedy recovery here. Um, just things like that, um, where he did have his struggles previously. I'm not going to say he didn't, but it's a young rookie and all the points there, um, especially with how the season has been from a layout standpoint. Um, I, I thought, again, did a really nice job um, keeping his hands down, but um, down on the dribble, and um, I thought his contests were generally good. Um, I, I thought just the past few games in general, um, his ability to kind of time up getting over, icing guys when that's necessary, um, and also to deter drivers going under occasionally. I, I think he's been able to balance that out well. Um, and, and at the same time, he's been able to kind of um, get his hands in the passing lanes uh, as a rotator as well on three steals tonight. Um, and just doing a good job uh, kind of enabling the Cavs to get out and for some timely transition stuff. Well, looking at one more guy here, uh, obviously Lamar Stevens has not been playing uh, very much as of late, which is understandable, especially when you have Tarian playing at the level he's been going at. Uh, but we do have to talk about Lamar Stevens, who did just sign a standard NBA contract with the Cavs, a multi-year deal. Uh, it is for four seasons, including this one. So he's you know got a guaranteed salary this year. Uh, all three of the next three seasons will be non-guaranteed. I'm assuming that the cut-down date for that, the guarantee date, will be January 10th each season for those. Um, and there's also a team option attached to the final year. So really a, a very, very team-friendly deal uh, for Lamar. And obviously Lamar gets that long-term security. It's very, very similar to the contract they signed Dean Wade to in the offseason. So personally, I'm very, very happy to see that. I think you know we all kind of saw this coming, whether it was this season or in the offseason. Um were you surprised at all by the timing of this, Amadou? I think, like I said, especially with the open roster spots that we have, you know, from a rather quiet trade deadline, you know, maybe th- there was thought that maybe that would, you know, change with a, a Drummond trade, you know, if they had to combine multiple guys. But being that the Cavaliers had the open roster spot, are you surprised that they just locked up Lamar now? No, not at all. You know, like you said, I feel like this move is definitely a no-brainer. Um, you're locking up a guy who... Looks like he can definitely stick around on his team on a very, very team friendly deal. It's just, it's just, it was just an obvious move to make. And I think the Cavs still have, what is it, two roster spots, maybe another roster spot that they can still use to go ahead and find somebody else. So definitely a great move and a, a no brainer move for the Cavaliers. Well, the situation now is they have Kevin Gale on a 10 day. Uh, we'll see what they end up doing with that roster spot. They could obviously sign him to one more 10 day. Uh, and at that point, they have the option to either sign him for the rest of the season or let him walk. Uh, they could use the roster spot that he's currently on to sign him for the rest of the season. But, you know, converting Lamar Stevens, the Cavaliers also have an open two-way roster spot now. So, Kevin Gale only in his second season could theoretically also get that two-way spot. Um, at this point, Dan, we obviously have not seen a ton of Kevin Gale. Uh, we saw him for a minute tonight. But it seems like, obviously, you know, this team has some interest in him. Uh, if, if things do kind of go well here and maybe he gets to second 10 day, we'll have to see on that. Obviously that, that, that deadline is coming up before, not before too long here. Um, would you be surprised to see Kevin Gailey or not? I guess not surprised, but do you think that there's a real possibility that we see Kevin Gailey get that other two way spot? Uh, um, uh, hard to say. I, I'm going to say no. 
Um, I, I was a fan of it initially, and I, I still I don't blame the Cavs for doing it. Um, and I, I could see it. I mean, I'd say it's about 50-50 right now just because um, in the sense that uh, with Nance kind of not seeming himself, uh, maybe there's that element to it. Um, also, just with love, I mean, there's always a possibility he could have like a setback or something. I could see that being in the cards just because the Cavs right now, it would seem um, also factoring Dylan Windler is, is being kind of like that 2-3. I, I would think that there's um, a good possibility just from a depth standpoint or a guy that they just throw in there just kind of as a – could be like a rotational like shot alter here and there. I could I, I would say it's not shocking if he were to get that, um, but I, I would think that the alternative is is getting like another shot creator um, type on a ten day, but um, at this point in the season, I, I would think that they're just kind of going to throw another ten days to a guy like that um, that's not going to really have um, need the ball in his hands like a ton and, and be kind of like a high usage ish player um, as opposed to like a a guard, especially with Delhi back. I do agree with those points, Dan. Uh, that being said, I, I do think it's a very real possibility. And obviously, we don't know who else the Cavs are targeting. There's a ton of guys that you could target with a two-way right now. But um, I would not be surprised at all if the Cavaliers went that route uh, and, and signed him to a two-way for the rest of the season. That would open up another roster spot for the Cavs to you know sign someone else to a 10-day, be it a shot-creating wing if you can find one, or just a shot-creator in general. Uh, the Cavaliers you know, do have the luxury of having two open spots on this roster right now. So they can, they could in theory keep around Cobb or they could move on from him and then have two open roster spots. The Cavaliers have a lot of options right now at that spot. Um, would you be surprised to see Cobb stick around Amadou? Um, no, I wouldn't just like what Dan said. I mean, you never know what happened with Kevin Love or any of our players in the front court in general. So at this point in the season, yeah, I could agree with the moves, just keeping him around. As you know, we do have the open roster spot. And you can convert him to that two-way contract. You know, like you guys have said. Before we get out of here, guys, I, I just kind of want to talk about. I, I kind of want to do just a look ahead at the rest of the season. Obviously, Cavalier is still kind of hovering around that two-way spot. Uh, obviously, we just got the news today that Zach Levine will be out for a while uh, with the Bulls due to you know entering health and safety protocols. Uh, the Cavaliers play the Bulls a couple times here. They play them next on Saturday. Uh, they play them again after that. It's not too long. They play the Pistons after the Bulls. They have the Bulls again then. They have the Hornets. They have the Wizards. They have the Raptors who were, you know, I don't really know what to make of the Raptors right now. The Magic and the Wizards again to close out this month. Uh, kind of just a slugfest among the bottom of the East. Everyone kind of, you know, working their way towards that play-in spot, except maybe the Magic and the Pistons. Obviously, the schedule picks up after that. April, you have the Heat, you have the Mavericks a couple times, you have the Nets, you have the Suns, the Blazers. We'll have to see, you know, what the Nets are at that point in the season. I believe we have the Nets on the last game of the regular season. So, you know, that game could clearly matter more for the Cavs than it would for Brooklyn. Uh, They also play the Celtics. But um, just looking at the month of April and, and not looking ahead to May, uh, it seems like every single game uh, in this coming stretch is winnable for the Cavs. Um, 
going up against teams like a Levine-less, you know, Chicago Bulls team that has been struggling with him, uh, Toronto and Washington. Dan, how do you think this team is going to fare, you know, the rest of this month? Do you think that they will kind of – do you think that they have a chance to put themselves in a real spot in the play-in at this point? Yeah, I think they do. Um, just based on the schedule here, um, you look at the Bulls, as you said, looks like could be two Levine-less games there. Um, but even with him in there, I, I just given how they've been struggling to kind of put those pieces together, um, kind of the unknowns with um, Vooch and Markin at the same time, that, that kind of issue there, um, Markin really just looks lost right now. It looks like he is almost playing like a guy that thought he was – it was like a foregone conclusion that he was gone. Uh, I, I think it still is at this point, to be fair. But Yeah, well <laughs> – yeah, that's fair. But, um, yeah, and then you have Detroit. Detroit's a pesky team, though. They're gonna, I mean, that's not going to just be like – they're not just going to, like, roll over for you. Um, guys like Saban Lee or um, Josh Jackson and um, those uh, – Hamadou Diallo. Uh, Killian Hayes back for them, yeah, too. Yeah, Killian Hayes. Um, they're – I don't think that's going to just be, like, a rollover game, frankly. Um, but I think these matchups, uh, the rest of this month, we'll have to see as far as the Wizards and, and Raptors again. The Wizards, I think that's that's kind of – it's tough to say exactly what will shake out in those. But, um, yeah, I, I just think the rest of this month, they, they could very well put themselves in that um, – well in that conversation. But I, I still – right now, I, just, I, I can't say I'm picking the Cavs to get in the plan anyway just because of that month of – of May just looks brutal. Um, and, and there's some teams in there that are um, going to be needing to kind of give themselves a jump. Um, and teams like the Heat and, and Blazers that are, um, have had their issues. And uh, I just, and Dallas has, has kind of been up and down, although they're starting to find themselves a little bit. But yeah, I, I think. The way the month is, I think the Cavs will definitely be in that conversation um, before, like, a a brutal May May stretch, though. That's kind of where I'm at. I do think that we will be, you know, I think people will realize that the the May schedule is There's just a lot of really, really like, if you look at those games in May, just every game, there's just a a really hard, like, lead creator matchup. It's... Miami Heat, Jimmy Butler. It's you know Chris Paul and right, Devin and not Booker. Not necessarily like lead guards, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. It, it's a lot of good, tough teams. To and every play. time it's, we it's play Miami, Indy, Phoenix. that's just. I know that we controlled the, most of the game the last time, we, but they're just a they're just a bad matchup for us. It is. It's been a struggle all and year, and they're going to need to win. But are, are you, Especially with how yeah. Chris already been playing lately too. Right. Also that. Yeah. Yep. Do. Do you think it's kind of the same thing, Amadou, where, you know, this team will remain in that hunt uh, through the month of April? But yeah. uh, obviously, I think we, we kind mm-hmm. of expect this team to not be there at the end. But uh, I think we'll see this team be right in the mix, you know, for uh, a good amount of time here, these next yeah. couple weeks. Yep, definitely agree with that. I mean, you know, like Dan said, even though, you know, some teams that were playing in April, you know, teams like the Wizards, they still have Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal. Um, they can always go off at them. The rappers, we don't know, but you know, they can maybe get some guys back. And of course, the Pistons, all six of those games are still very much winnable for us. 
And then, of course, we get to May is when things, you know, really, really get difficult for this team. We could also go up 88 points in the first half at Toronto, too. Well, actually, in, in Tampa, I'm sorry. Hey, give them a little credit. 87. Oh, no, I was just going to say they could get their their break their record <laughs> is all. Well, yeah, that's that's Gary Trent could go off for 65. Um, maybe maybe Malachi Flynn goes off for 35. Who knows? <laughs> Anything else from either of you before we get out of here, guys? Any tagline this week, Dan? Or actually, I'm going to do, do go, go, go. I just want to ask. If the Cavs, you know, were to, you know, make the play and actually just, just saying, you know, the end of the season, do you want the Cavs to make the play up? Like, is that something that you'd want or would you this rather than, you know, just try to, to have. you know, just kill the season here, try to obtain that top whatever pick in hopes of landing, you know, like a Jalen Green or a Kay Cunningham? I will say if the Cavaliers are firmly in the mix to where, like, even in May, like, they are scratching and clawing and, like, like, say they are in the 10 position, I don't think they should try to give it up. But if it's kind of a situation where you're just kind of middling and you're kind of stuck in 12-13 uh, and you're you're entering that kind of late stretch of April, May, uh, I, I don't think that they should continue trying to... Like, at, at that point, if you're still... If you're not in position by late April... Obviously, I'm not going to say I want to watch this team lose on purpose because I don't want to watch that. But at that point, it it seems like it would make sense to just kind of. At that, I, I also think if the Cavaliers struggle here against these teams, they're going to struggle exactly. against the good oh, teams. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I don't think like I don't think it matters whether we want it or not. I think if they're in that position to where like they aren't there then they're just going to plummet because they're going to have such a brutal stretch down the end. But um, that's kind of your take as well, Dan. Yeah, it is. Um, but, yeah, I, I always – I'm a little bit – I kind of like waffle back and forth just in that, yeah, I would love to get a guy like Jalen Green or um, just one of those like top kind of echelon guys here. Uh, but it is a deep draft and – I just keep coming back to, like, maybe there's a possibility just because OKC has a million picks in the next, like, seven years or whatever. They have, like, 34 in the next seven years. So I just think there's a possibility maybe they might want to come up if, say, like, the Cavs got a pick slightly above their first pick there somehow. Um, And maybe the Cavs can end up getting – um, whatever their second pick is, I can't remember off the top of my head. It might be like 18 as of a few days ago or something like that. Um, so if you could maybe instead, if you're not in that realm and you're a tad bit above where OKC was, for example, or like the Knicks, um, and you can, well, the Knicks are have a, before a few days ago, they had like 15 and 21 and would have been. Um, so that's not necessarily in that realm, but. I just keep coming back to, like, maybe you get a guy like James Booknight um, or uh, who really could, like, honestly, was a bucket getter, I think. I think he's a, just – we're not going to get in gory detail on that. But there are other guys like Josh Christopher. Um, I, I think he's a little bit raw but has shot creation abilities. 
Um, and there's just a number of guys like Franz Wagner. We've, we've hit on a number of times, but there's a lot of guys like in that kind of potential, like late lottery or kind of like late teens realm where they're real, like real contributors for you. And, um, guys have been maybe in like two years or occasionally other ones, but, also, I just come back to like he, I would be more than fine with getting a guy like Scotty Barnes or um, just Jalen Johnson is someone who I've watched more of lately. Yeah, I'm not really big on Jalen Johnson. I just I don't I question how he can really impact games for us like in settled offense. I, I I'm a little question of I question that with him, but um, it is a guy that can can be a versatile defender. I'm not knocking that, but. There's a like it's just such a different draft than it was last year. Like it's not like that's why I'm okay if they made the plan okay, just because it's so much deeper. And but again, I'm with Justin in that I, I just if you can't like almost like almost win out in the rest of April, like it, good luck in May anyway. Yeah, yeah. And even if this team is kind of in a position to where they're kind of just miss that play in spot and they are maybe, you know, have the 10th or ninth best odds. There, there is a very real chance that they could make it into the top four. Oh, anyway. yeah. that, that's exactly yeah. With how the new odds Especially are. Especially with the new odds. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. it's, that's, that's it's not what really, this allows. Like I'm not like, I'm not having like an absolute take in that way. Don't full on tank. Keep trying. Well, they, uh, like they don't even really guess, have to is kind of the whole that, that's yeah. Just let the season play out. You know, see how you do. And who knows? There could be an injury um, in the next game. Who knows? There could be. We could lose. I, I, I'm not going to get into. We could lose player X. I'm not going to. I'm not. But when Colin, you don't need to like. Ha- I think he was like holding his forearm or something at some point. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, oh god. Yeah, he seemed to be fine after yeah, that. Yeah, though. he did. Thankfully. All yeah. right. Well. Do we have anything else before we want to get out of here? That's it. I think I think we're good right now. Yeah. Yep. With that, then thank you, Dan. Thank you, Amadou, for hopping on tonight. Um, thank you, everybody out there for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed listening, subscribe. Never miss another episode. Still coming out twice a week. Um, a little up late. A little late on the upload this week. Just obviously, we wanted to wait until after this game to get two games to talk about rather than one. Um, Leave a rating, leave a review, all the fun stuff, and with that, we will get out of here. Thank you for listening to Cavalier Central. Be on the lookout for another episode coming soon.